Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. And this is the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. Why is the buy and hold strategy the best? Well, the buy and hold methodology, as it applies to property, is and always has been the cause for making more millionaires than any other method. And the main reason for this is really because it lets you develop equity through appreciation and amortization over a period of time. There are numerous short-term techniques like lease options, wholesaling, and flipping properties that can create some cash, or what I call chunks of cash, but in no way will it improve your long-term net worth. I found in my many years of investing experience that purchasing real estate is the most significant part of the ownership cycle. So it's very important that you buy right, buying the right market, the right location, the right property, the right cash flow. You know, these are all things that we help our investors do at Norada Real Estate. If you're interested in that, talk to one of our investment counselors. The selling side of it is pretty straightforward. As long as you're in the right market and you have the right market cycle, liquidating property is very simple. But that is one of my biggest regrets. I purchased a property for $40,000 many, many years ago. In fact, it was the first property I ever purchased at the age of 18. That $40,000 property would have been long paid off today. And that property today is worth close to $400,000. So it has appreciated considerably, certainly kept up with the rate of inflation. But when it comes to buy and hold, your goal in property investing must be to develop as much equity as you can in the property while still having enough passive income to get you there. So as long as you own the property, you'll have the advantage of tax sheltering some or all of your income, and you cannot get that from other short-term investment methods. So the buy and hold strategy is the basic reason that explains why people have become wealthy over time. Anyway, today's guest is someone who I like and admire. I like the way she thinks. She's a famous author, a New York Times bestseller. The book is Hold. It's one of the Gary Keller trilogy books, which are all fantastic books. I highly recommend them. And her name is Linda McKissick, and I will have her on the show here in 30 seconds. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. All right. I'd like to introduce Linda McKissick to the show. Linda McKissick is an investor, an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, a business coach, and a highly regarded speaker. In 2013, Linda was co-author of the national bestseller, Hold, How to Find, Buy, and Rent Homes to Build Wealth. Her authenticity makes you believe, if she can do it, then so can I. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you, Marco. Appreciate it. It's great to have you here. Just to give our listeners a sense of geography, can you tell them where you're located? Uh, I'm actually just north of Dallas in a town called Denton, Texas. Great. Love Texas. One of my favorite states. Mine too. Yeah, absolutely. 
you've written this incredible book called Hold. And although I know your story to some degree, you're a very successful entrepreneur and real estate investor. So I think the best place to start is for us to get into your story. Tell us about your story and how real estate investing played a role in all that. Okay. Uh, well, actually, if, if I can take you back to the late 1980s, uh, my husband was in the restaurant and nightclub business. And to be honest with you, I was only 23 years old. I didn't know, you know, what business I was going to do or what job I was going to do. I was trying to figure all of that out. And, um, Texas, uh, the economy crashed. Uh, we were, uh, all of our industry, I mean, our economy was based on real estate, oil and the savings and loan. And they just basically all went out and, and at, at the same time. And so I knew something was wrong because my husband wouldn't sleep at night and, uh, he, uh, really was worried and he was concerned because every day the bankers would start calling. Uh, little did we know back then that, you know, there were clauses in your lines of credit and your notes that says if they get nervous for any reason, they can call those notes due. And so basically overnight we found ourselves $600,000 upside down in debt. Wow. And, uh, you know, the good news about being 23 and so naive is you don't have any idea how much money that really is. And so when my husband came to me, and said, look, I need your help. Uh, we, you know, we got to figure our way out of this and I, I need you to do something. You know, I was still trying to figure out what I could do and I had never really had a job that paid more than about minimum wage. And so, um, he suggested, uh, he said, you know, you're a hard worker, you know, why don't you get into real estate business? So that's what I did. I started selling houses and very quickly we realized, uh, that as good as a career path, real estate sales was, it had a problem. And the problem was the last day we took up our last sign would be our last dollar. And so uh, once we kind of figured that out, we started reading books on building wealth. And one of the best books we read was Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Great book. <laughs> Great book. Most people read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Very few read Cashflow Quadrant. And I always say Cashflow Quadrant is the how to what uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad explains to you is the problem. And so when I read that book and I realized that there's only three ways to build wealth, real estate, stock market, or businesses, the easiest, most natural, or as my uh, coach said this morning, low hanging fruit uh, would be real estate investing. And so, you know, the only problem of course, was we were $600,000 in debt, but because I had been selling real estate, uh, when we decided to put our plan together, we decided, you know, how much money would we need to fund our lifestyle? What would be an amount that we felt like would be a good number that if that money was coming in passively to us and we could work if we wanted to or not work. And so we came up with the number 250,000 for whatever reason, that's the number we came up with. And so we wrote a plan on how many houses we'd have to buy, how many years we'd have to, you know, get them to get them paid off. Cause we really wanted this to happen. My husband was 40 by the time we bought our first investment property. And he said, I really would like to have this much money coming in by the time I'm 60. So we figured out we probably needed to buy about 20 houses uh, have them uh, pay out on a 15 to 20 year payout and each of them cash flowing. I mean, once they're paid off, giving us a thousand dollars a month. And that's kind of how we did our first little goal in real estate. And so I went out immediately and found a great deal, came home all excited. My husband said, that's great, but how are we going to buy this? You know, we can't go get credit right now. We don't have any money. We're $600,000 in debt, or we're at least in the process of working our way out of that. And uh, I just said, you know, there's a builder named Lou Kraft. And this gentleman, I've watched him around money. I've done business with him for several years. You know, I know, I know his ethics. I know his integrity. I think if I go and ask him, he'll do this deal with us. And sure enough, he did three, 
three total deals with us until we could get kind of get back on our feet and get everything figured out. And it, it worked out to be a perfect solution because uh, it gave him an opportunity to invest in real estate and it gave us an opportunity to have a partner and kind of help bridge a gap that we had. And so that's kind of how we got started in the real estate business. We watched a lot of people in the 80s lose everything they had because they were over leveraged. Oh, yeah. And so in the 80s, we didn't have any real estate at that time. Uh, we had businesses and and so we, you know, we we saw the struggle through that. But we realized that if we ever invested in real estate, we wouldn't be over leveraged in it because that's what happened to almost every crash that we've ever watched happen. The people have either bet on appreciation or they've bought them with a negative cash flow or they've just, uh, you know, been under they've been over leveraged in them. And so we kind of had formulated our plan as we watched people uh, across the years make mistakes and we just saw real estate as the perfect first opportunity for us to build wealth and have some kind of passive money coming in so that someday we wouldn't have to work if we didn't want to or couldn't for some reason. Yeah. There's a number of things you said that really stood out. I don't know if you counted, I did, but the number of times you've mentioned the word plan and setting goals there, it's amazing to me how many investors don't actually define what they want to achieve. They don't, I break it down into three levels, goals, your strategy, and then your criteria. And that gives you your plan. So if you know what you're looking for, you can find it. It's easy to identify. And, you know, I, I think back to one of my favorite movies, Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire Cat says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Yeah. So you know, it's so important to make a plan and you did that in great detail. And that I'm sure has helped you get to where you are in a very rapid period of time. When I think about a plan, what a plan does for me is it makes me, it breaks it down to a simple point where you realize it's not that, I mean, it's not that difficult or that hard. So what I like about building a plan is you go, wow, you mean I only have to get this many houses to get that much money. And so for me, it kind of made it something that feel, can feel overwhelming and complicated, it made it simple. Yes. And, and it's a lot more simple than I think a lot of people believe it is. You know, we offer a free strategy session in our company with one of our investment counselors, and that's exactly where we start. We ask them, you know, what are you trying to achieve? What are your goals? Do you have a criteria? If they do know, great, we can move to the next step. If not, we have to stop, rewind, and talk to them about, well, why do you want to invest in real estate and where do you want to go? So you need that roadmap. And, you know, Linda, one more thing you said that I think really stood out is how accessible real estate is to the average folk. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody can invest in real estate. Some people only have time. They don't have cash or they don't have credit, but they can partner with people. So real estate is just a fantastic vehicle for the average person to get into a wealth building vehicle that can take them to wherever they want to go. Absolutely. We have, you know, we have some great stories in our book and even some that didn't actually make the book. One of my favorite is uh, a stay at home mom. We've been, you know, we've been given these real estate seminars on our whole philosophy for years. We've, we've owned real estate franchises. And so we always go in about once or twice a year and, and, and let all of our agents invite their clients. Uh, and we do a free real estate investing seminar. And this particular stay at home mom came to uh, a, a, one of the sessions that Jim did at one of our offices here locally. And then a few weeks later, Robert Kiyosaki was in town and I got the opportunity to present our formula in a breakout session for him. And I didn't know it 
uh, we didn't know it at the time that she was at both events. We didn't even, we didn't even know her at this point, but about eight months later, we meet her at one of our school functions that our kids went to a football game. And she said, y'all don't know me, but I've come to your seminars. And, you know, she had some unbelievable number that she had already purchased in houses in this eight month period. And I said, wow, you know, you're my new best friend. You and I are going to meet for coffee once a month and we're going to hold each other accountable. Uh, <laughs> on strategies for investing. Cause first of all, I'm thinking a stay at home mom and she's done this in this short period of time. And I want to say it was like eight months or a year. It was very short. And uh, I thought, man, this girl's sharp. I need to, I need to get to know her more. I want to, I want to get to know her more. So we started meeting once a month at Barnes and Noble and, you know, about eight months into our monthly meeting, she, she's been talking the whole time about these nightly rentals that she has. And I'm just, you know, I'm kind of halfway listening because I'm thinking, Branson, Missouri, you know, I only invest in Denton, Texas and the surrounding areas, you know, I'm not interested, but she kept on and on. And so one day she approached me and she said, you know, I've short sold two of these cabins and I can only afford to buy one. Would you like to buy one? And so you know, being a good investor, we don't ever say no to, we know what we're saying no to. We got in the car the next day, drove to Branson, Missouri and fell in love with these nightly rentals. And now, you know, 12 properties later, we, we, we love the nightly rental business. And so, but I was so amazed that here she is a stay at home mom, but on the side, she could figure out this investing thing and really literally change their, their family's life completely. That's a great story. And that, that just proves that it doesn't matter who you are or what you do, you can get involved in real estate investing. Absolutely. So what are you investing in mostly? Is it single family homes, multi-unit? What do you invest in? Yeah, um, that's a great question because we are very deeply entrenched in single family homes. I did an interview. I'm doing an upcoming webinar uh, that I do for my company. And the gentleman that I'm interviewing, one of the reasons I'm interviewing is because I've heard he has a a great strategy on buying apartments. And we bought one set of apartments before and we've already, we sold them and made about a hundred thousand dollars on them. It's one of the few properties that we did flip because we are hold strategist. Yep. But it was interesting because I was thinking, wow, you know, that would have been so exciting to learn about apartments. I probably would have bought apartments. But again, for us, we were trying to do the simplest uh, thing for us at the time. And, you know, being in residential sales, you know, I come across a lot of homes or I might have opportunities, you know, now that I look back, I think every down market, I should have, I should have been the salvation to all my sellers and just bought their properties, you know, because now I'd be such a hero. I would have been a hero to them and I'd been a real hero right now. But, um, yeah, single family homes, we have about 108 of those single family homes. Uh, and we have 12 of the nightly rentals. I love those. Those have been a lot of fun because I've went in and negotiated, uh, wholesale prices on buying everything, which has been a whole new game, but it's kind of fun and different. And, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, one of the things we like sometimes is the newness of something. And then we have six commercial buildings. And in those commercial buildings, we have a business uh, typically in every single one of them. And so remember, I told you earlier, cash flow quadrant says there's three ways to build wealth, real estate, stocks, and businesses. And so we picked real estate first. And then we ultimately, uh, in the end, decided we would master owning businesses also and, and look for next natural businesses for us to own. And so right now we've stuck with single family just because it's been something that's been easy for us. And that's how we got started early on. I think investing is great no matter what you invest in, but for us, it was the simplest and in, in, in the quickest entryway, I think was the single family home. So yeah, we've just stuck with it. Yeah. And I'm happy that you've been investing in single family homes. A lot of investors we talk to think that 
it's an evolutionary process. You start with single family homes and then you work your way up to multi-units and then eventually to the apartments. And that's really the top of the hill of where you want to get to. But that's not necessarily what everybody needs or what you should do. You can be very, very successful investing in single family detached housing or even duplexes. And you don't need to be an apartment investor. You could be very wealthy and have an incredible cash flow just from single family homes. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think one of the reasons for us is to me, the complex, you know, the we're simple people and we like simple things. And uh, we, you know, to me that the time it was kind of, you know, and again, you said it earlier, you had to start with a plan. And our plan was to create, you know, something that we could um, have cash flow long term when our you know, our earning energy wasn't as high as it was at the time. And so that's really once you kind of know what your plan is, then it's going to be real easy to say, what's the easiest way for me to get there? And, you know, um, single family homes. The other thing we liked about that is because when we did sell or if we did sell, we would could sell to a retail buyer. Whereas everything else we looked at looked like we would probably have to sell to another, you know, investor or it's going to be strictly on, you know, on cash flow. You know, that's your only uh, opportunity. And so that for us, that's just kind of the strategy we used. And again, like I said, it's, you know, it's uh, investing is a beautiful thing, no matter which one you choose. But I think sing single family was simple and it had some great upsides for us. It's not only simple, but everybody understands it. And I like to say that single family detached homes are the most liquid form of real estate investment. So it's a great place to be. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I'm sure listeners are wondering right now or even asking the question, how did you possibly finance 108 single family homes? <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, exactly. Well, and, it, and here's the funny thing. The 108th was a heck of a lot easier than the first. Uh, and again, that's why because of our situation, uh, you know, Jim and I are big believers that if, if you people loan you money, you pay that money back. And so our first and foremost um, desire and interest was to get that money paid back. And so the beautiful thing about being in a career in real estate is I'm a really hard worker and I went to the top 1% uh, pretty quickly. And so I could make a lot of cash flow. And so we, over time, were able to get those notes discounted. Back then, uh, it was the RTC properties. That's what the savings and loan uh, foreclosures were held under. And so you know, over time, what would happen is they would call and give you an opportunity to discount the note and get it paid off. And because we were, my husband's restaurants were still kind of hanging on by a thread and I was in real estate working as hard as I could, we were able to get those paid back. So on the front end, I didn't have any choice. If I was going to do investing while I was in that current situation, I had to get entrepreneurial and figure out how to get it done. And that's how I came up with the idea of my builder friend to be my partner. And so that's how we did the first ones. Uh, I threw my commission in, uh, what little there was of it, I threw it in to, for the deal. The first deal we did with him, we actually flipped. We made 15000 on it, and we flipped flipped that one. And this is before we had the strategy of hold. And then on the second one, it was an RTC property that was a $15,000 property exactly. And so uh, we took that 15, asked him, could we take the 15 and rather than split it up, could we take it and put it in the second property? And then he did the construction on to make it a fourplex. Funny thing, story is we actually have that fourplex still today. We eventually, we only had two properties after this because we flipped one. We let Lou take one. We let him pick whichever one he wanted. We didn't care. He picked the one he wanted. And we, so that left us with the other one that we still have today. And my husband got his notice uh, a while back on 
how much money if he took his social security he would get. And I think it was like $1,300. And that one property brings us about 21 or $2,200 a month. So it's kind of a funny story of I worked all those years and I'm going to get 1300 or I can buy one investment property and I can make 2100 off of that. Let's see, which one should I do, right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So let me take that same question one step further and drill down a little further, if you don't mind. You know, most investors realize that they can get up to 10 conventional loans. And then after that, it becomes a little more difficult, not impossible, because you have a pool of portfolio lenders out there that will continue continually lend you funds to purchase more property beyond the first 10. So as you started accumulating your, you know, dozens and dozens of properties, how did you get the financing for those additional properties? Were you looking at refinancing your initial properties with commercial loans and then going back for commercial or conventional financing? Or how, how did you play that out? Okay, great. So here, so after the first three we did with Lou, once we kind of got back on our feet, we, you know, the, the $600,000 in debt never really limped our credit real hard because we never let anything go back. We actually wound up getting discounts on the notes and paying them off because they were lines of credit for our business. And so once we kind of got that situated, we then, that's exactly what we did. At the time, the limit was eight. It was not 10. And so we went and got our eight with uh, that type of financing. And then after that, and this is what we tell people to do all the time, get those first. And then after that, we had built a great relationship with a locally owned bank. Uh, we eventually even got asked to buy some shares in that in that uh, in that bank, and so um, now everything we do is with um, we kind of have a line. We have a couple of banks, uh, but we have line of credit at one, uh, and then we've got another one that really wants our business really bad. That's making some awesome interest rate deals for us right now. Actually, we have three banks because we have one up in Branson where we're building more cabins. And then two uh, here locally that we primarily use. And so now we have a line of credit with one and back through 2008 and forward when we were going to the foreclosure sale a lot, we just used that line of credit. And what they would do is they would refinance based on the appraised value of what we were going to do to the property. And so we would pull that money back out and then have that line of credit again the next, as soon as we could get that money freed back up, you know, get the repairs done and get a, an appraisal and all that stuff. And so now pretty much everything we do is through, uh, uh, through banks. And we try to pick locally owned banks. We try to not pick commercial or in, you know, banks that are owned nationwide. We don't, you know, it's, it just seems a lot harder than if you can kind of know the president and go in and take your financial statements and that stuff. Sure. So you are a believer in leverage, in, in, in leveraging your investment capital. Yes. Um, we've had to use, like for our line of credit, we took a few of our properties uh, and, and put those up as collateral. Uh, but most of the time, we're not even having to do that. Okay. Great. I mean, of course, the property that you're financing is, is collateral, but, but mostly not all your other properties. And we're not necessarily refinancing and pulling money out or any of that stuff. Right. Okay. So I guess just as a segue to your book, why did you decide to hold properties instead of flip? I mean, you've done a few flips, but your chosen strategy is buy and hold. What yeah. what what brought you to that plan or strategy? Well, I, I'm going to laugh and say the truth is I think no one wrote a book about what to do. You know, they wrote the books on go and buy investment property, but no one said what to do when you were really, really successful at it. So we were kind of stuck for a while. Like, okay, I guess you just hold these suckers. You know, <laughs> I don't really know what you do, you know. 
so partially that's true, but the other part is remember we were just trying to get to an income amount uh, that we would have m passive money coming in. And I am the queen of backup plan A, B, and C. And you know e my eggs are a lot in one basket. I I'm in the real estate world. I own real estate franchises. I sell real estate. Uh, we buy real estate, and so but still they're they're you know kind of just you know kind of diverse enough that. You know, the good thing is when real estate sales goes down and your brokerages goes down, guess what you can buy a lot of? <laughs> Investment properties. Yeah. And so we've kind of got them where they, they offset each other. But again, it was because we were looking for a certain stream of income to come in passively. And so the only way you can do that is hold them. If you're flipping them, to me, it looked like that. I mean, that's maybe probably a great strategy for someone else. But for us, it, I thought, well, we don't need cash flow right now. We don't need more money. We'll just spend that money. And my husband said we had the DMD disease, disappearing money disease. So if we got <laughs> something, it disappeared. So we just said, well, let's just go put it in properties. At least it won't quite disappear. And we kind of saw it as big piggy banks that other people were depositing money in. And then Warren Buffett says, you know, the great time to sell a good asset is never. <laughs> so and then we got to a point where now we have all these properties uh, and some of our other businesses have done phenomenally. And so it's like, yeah, you don't really need that money from those. Um, and now we've really just gotten good at this. So we just keep kind of keep buying them. We're teaching our son. He went to the foreclosure sale today. Jim is in Branson working on one of the projects we have. And I'm here in Texas and our son went to the foreclosure sale. So we're really leveraging ourselves and trying to teach yeah. them to do it now. So uh, they bought their first property the other day that they are going to live in for a couple of years and it'll be their first investment property. So just, you know, kind of trying to pass it on and teach other people how to do it. Yeah, that's great. What a good education for your son, too. Yeah. So so the book Hold that you co-authored is the final book in Gary Keller's national bestselling trilogy. So he started off with The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, which is a fantastic book. Yeah. And then the second book was Flip. And then the third is Hold. I've got the book. I haven't finished reading it, but it it's great. And I, I get I get what it's all about. So you guys break down the process into five sections, if you will. Find, analyze, buy, manage, and grow. Do you want to take a minute or two and just touch on those five categories or five areas of the book? Yeah, well, we just, you know, we kind of felt like, how do people think about investing? You know, what, you know, what are the deep questions that they have? You know, uh, you know, you got to start out with, well, where, I, where do I find them? And, you know, the interesting thing about finding investment properties, and you've probably discovered this also, it's, it's like, it's harder in the very beginning, but then later, once you're kind of versed in it, you realize they're everywhere. I yes. mean, it, it will never, they'll never, I don't care what market we're in. I mean, we're probably in one of the best, uh, sales markets we've had in a long time and there's still deals out there, you know? And so what I find is, you know, that's a big question everybody has. They, they don't know where these properties are and they don't know how to find them. And so we just kind of really took the sections and tried to think through how, what are the questions people ask? You know, how do I find them? Okay. How do I buy them? And then another big one that really stops people a, a lot and you may uh, get this also is managing them. They just really freeze up over the management piece of it. They think of all the horrors or all the things that go along with managing it. And it's to me, one of the biggest obstacles that keep people from buying investment properties, the financing and the managing to me are the two areas that, that people really get hung up on. And then, you know, we wanted to say, well, don't just stop. Once you learn this, it actually gets easier. So how do you grow that portfolio? What yeah. does that look like and how do you plan for that? Yeah. 
Yeah, those two questions are very common. In fact, in late 2003, early 2004, at the time when I was investing in real estate rapidly, I was accumulating a very large portfolio in a short period of time. And at the same time, I was co-instructing a foreclosure boot camp for Robert G. Allen, another you know well-known author. Uh, I, yeah, exactly. And I had investors coming to me all the time. And two of the most common questions they would ask is, where are you finding your deals? How are you finding your deals? How are you doing the analysis? And to be quite honest with you, th that is what, you know, put the light bulb in my head to start Norada Real Estate Investments, which is our turnkey investment property providing company. And why we work with investors today is because they just didn't know where to look and how to do it. Now they can learn how to do that, but then that, that led to another problem that many real estate investors have is one, they don't have the time. I find that's the biggest thing. They don't have time to do it on their own, or they don't have the expertise, the knowledge, the resources, the team. All of those things can be overcome, maybe not so much with time, but this is the whole reason why I started Norada Real Estate. But you can learn how to analyze, you can learn how to buy. The management piece, I don't recommend investors manage their own properties if they can avoid it. You know, if it's down the street, maybe, but you know, you're better off getting a professional, full service property management company to manage your assets for you. And then, you know, your last item here, grow. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I think um, the listeners are really interested in how do you grow your portfolio and grow your, your equity and your success after you get started? Well, I think, you know, again, uh, so much of your growing to me is got to be around what is your end result? What is your end goal? It's real interesting because, you know, we've had lots of students uh, of people that we've helped learn how to uh, invest. And it's interesting because they have different end goals in mind. You know, my nephew is one of them. It was one of the first earlier students we had. And, you know, he just realized real early on that he wanted to have his life and his freedom and he had been in the mortgage uh, business um, for years and he just didn't want to do it anymore. And so he just figured out what would be the number he'd have to get, you know, to have enough money that he could just live off his investments. And so he was younger when he started, so he could manage his I and mean, he could finance his on a 30 year uh, payout. And yep. uh, so, you know, it's really about, you know, figuring out what is your end goal, you know, manage to that goal. What does that mean? I need to be buying how many do I need to be buying to do that? And then what are my models to grow that? What am I, what plan am I going to use? You know, because I, I think it's kind of like everything, you know, there's a, when you first get started, it seems like there's a million ways to do something, but when you really start investigating and you start peeling it back, most everything is going to be narrowed down to something really simple. And some of those are going to, you know, appeal to you and tug at you. And some of them are going to be, oh, that just sounds awful and too complicated. <laughs> you know, when people start, you know, spitting off all those, you know, numbers and things, and I'm like, well, that I don't want to have to do all that. I just want to say, what's a simple plan, a simple formula that I can follow, that if I follow that plan, I'll get to the end result. And so, you know, it really is about you having to know, like what you said, your your strategy, free strategy session that you do. The first place you start is where are we trying to get to? What, why do you want to do real estate investing in the first place? You know, um, what are your retirement needs or what, if you're, what yeah. are your, I call them your freedom number? What's your freedom number so that your lifestyle wouldn't have to go down drastically if you no longer? I mean, I think we've seen over the last 15 years more 
reasons why people should look at real estate investing, you know, with the financial collapse, with Enron, with everything that we see happen on a daily basis Mm -hmm. of someone else. You know, I have a saying that I say, if you don't design your life, somebody or somebody or something else will. That is a guarantee. And so it's just kind of a way for you to design what I like to call your freedom number. What is that number? And how many houses, if you're going to pick real estate to do it, how many houses would that take to do it? You know, and we tell you, you know, if you're in debt, get out of debt first. Don't don't do this and be way over leveraged. Um, You know, we're not totally all the way to Dave Ramsey where you have to do everything with cash. um, But we do say you you need to take care of any major debt you have. You can't be over leveraged in your debt. And, you know, you know, want these things bad enough that you're willing to control some of your desires and wants uh, on a material level. In other words, you know, I love one of the things I love about Dave Ramsey's program is the hope that he gives a family for the situation they're in, you know, where he describes where you put on a maybe a whiteboard in your house or something, you know, the, the debt you're going to start paying off and it's a visual and people are you're getting to mark that stuff off. Well, you should do the same thing with real estate investing. You know, get excited about where your life's going to be when when you're totally free from, you know, other people deciding how much income you're going to make or or anything like that. So make it make it a big deal and, you know, control your wants and don't waste money because really all assets are is your money making you money. And so you kind of sometimes may have to live below your means to make that happen, have enough money left over to do it. And then, you know, do whatever you can to contribute if you truly believe that investing in real estate is a vehicle that you want to use to build wealth. Cause we can't, let's be honest, we can't save our way to wealth. No. So we're going to have to pick something. And so we think real estate simple and a, and a great uh, tool to do that with. So, you know, build that overall plan. What are you trying to, are you just trying to send a kid to college? Will that take one house or will it take two houses paid off? You know, are you trying to have enough money? I, I always say we're the first generation that's got our kids and our parents needing financial help at some point. And so we have to start preparing. Uh, It's no longer, I don't think, possible for us to get by on one stream of income. I think it's going to take multiple. I think Robert Allen was on to something many years ago. It's going to take multiple streams of income. Our business coach that we had years ago said at the income level we were at, we might want to think about seven streams of income. And so, you know what? I said, whether he's right or wrong, I don't really care. It gives me a number to shoot for. And so the growth section really is about you deciding and planning, how am I going to grow this portfolio? Because honestly, you know, unless you just want to send a kid to college, most people aren't going to stop with one house. Once they figure this out, they're going to do more than one house. Yep. That's exactly it. We find real estate investors never stop at one house. They, they, you can't become financially independent with one property and you get, you get the bug, you know, after you've purchased your first, you'll do your second, you get your third, and then it becomes easier and easier and you keep growing that portfolio. And I like your idea of the board. I've heard it referred to as a vision board. Right. But whatever you call it, it's a great idea. Yeah, I'm a very visual person. So if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And so if something's real important to me, it's going to stay on some big whiteboard somewhere where I look at it on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. So I only had a couple more questions for you here. I know that when you first started investing, you were investing locally in the local Dallas market, but then eventually you started branching out into other markets in other states. So I want to ask you, because this is a question that we deal with all the time, how do you choose your other markets? What do you look for? Do you have a criteria? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we, again, we accidentally kind of went out of the area with the nightly rentals and, uh, you know, t it's kind of like a business. Once we decided to master the business side of it, really, uh, being successful at business is about people making you money. And so you really have to master the who. And so we kind of keep the same strategy in investing. The only two areas that we have outside of our local area so far is, uh, our locations that we have a very important who. So, for example, the, 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 the stay-at-home mom, she was our connection to the nightly rentals, and she actually manages those nightly rentals for us. And so we feel very good and very confident about her and her ability. And um, so we've partnered with her on some of the properties, and then we own some by ourselves, but she manages all of them, uh, even the ones that we have on our own. And so that's a real big thing to us is who do we have in that area? Who could we trust to take care of it? Flor the only other area that we have investment properties in is Florida. And I went to bed too early one night. And my husband got on TV with the, the little guy with the ponytail, you know, that does the auctions oh, yeah. uh, in Florida. And, uh, but again, I say that kind of uh, kidding, but not kidding. I did wake up to the fact that we own another, a couple of more investment properties, but, um, the location that he actually bought in, uh, we he has a cousin that had just been to see us that summer. And the minute she left, I looked at him and said, she would be awesome at property management. <laughs> and so uh, late night TV came on one night. There was a property we actually eventually bought too. But a property came on that was in that Port Charlotte area, and that's where she lives. So she manages them for us. So now we're looking back, we're thinking, man, we should have bought more. <laughs> we always say we should have bought more. We never say we should have bought less. We always say, dang, we should have bought more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it's about the who, if I can find a great who in a location, um, then, then, you know, or a great opportunity comes to us in the case of the nightly rentals, that opportunity kind of just presented itself. And once we investigated it, we said, yes. Yeah. Your team is so important. You, you just can't jump into a market and start buying property unless you have your team in place first, because you need to know who you're going to work with and who you can trust. And that's so important. Right. Absolutely. All right. And uh, I think the last thing I want to ask you is about what your success formula is. And and people answer this question a little differently, but you know, clearly if you were to wrap up everything we've talked about and what you have in your book hold, what would you say is your real estate investing success formula? Well, I say, you know, again, we're very simple people. I don't want it to be super complicated or anything like that. And so we really kind of narrowed ours down to a few really key points that we just don't, uh, we just don't veer off of. We, the, these are kind of set in stone for us <laughs> and we stick with them. And one of them is we buy a property at 10% or greater below market value. Because remember, we watched a lot of people be over leveraged uh, and, in the late 80s in Texas and in other, you know, real estate market crashes also. We felt like the people that, because we've lived, we've survived through every market crash uh, with these strategies. And so that's why we kind of believe in them. So one is buy, buy the property at 10% or greater below market value at the time, put at least 20% or more down on the down payment, or I have to have a 70 to learn, 70 to 30 loan to value ratio. So in some markets, that's meant less money in some markets that, that has meant more money. Uh, it needs to cash flow a minimum of about $200 a month after the principal interest taxes and insurance on about a 15 year, no more than 20 year payout. And that, that term was important because of my husband's age at the time that we started. Uh, we, we try to buy newer. This has changed 
over the years, we used to fall in love with old hardwood floors and things like that, but we've fallen out of love <laughs> with, with those, some of those, uh, recently. So typically there, we buy newer if possible, 15 years or newer, three or four bedroom brick or stucco if possible. And we buy homes in stable and, and, and or appreciating neighborhoods that look like they're stable and or appreciating. And that's just kind of our simple rules that we follow. Uh, and I have people say all the time, well, what's your rate of return on your properties and all that stuff? And what's your ROI and all that stuff? And I said, here's the thing. And it varies because we just follow this formula. And some of them in the markets, because we bought so good, we could probably triple our money on them right now if we sold them. Gosh, who knows what those rates are, you know? And so we just we just stick with this formula, and it's just always worked. We've bought in every market, and we've never the only money we've ever lost on investment is when we flip too soon. Yeah, and that's always a regret. Yeah, but it's also a learning experience, and learning experiences usually are kind of cost money. <laughs> yeah, well, I like your formula, and what you've actually described is what we try to get our investor clients to come to grips with, and we call that their criteria. So essentially what you've just told me is what your criteria is in what you invest in. And everything becomes so much easier when you start to define it that way. Yeah, it takes the emotion out of it. I mean, because you can get in there and get emotional about a house or a person or feel bad for a person's situation, and this kind of helps you not do that. Exactly, exactly. So what are you working on right now that has you excited? Uh, you know, I would have to say we, we're still putting more into the nightly rentals in Branson right now. And I, I'm having a lot of fun with getting to buy things wholesale because that's a whole new thing. And it's just making the numbers even better because, you, you know, you do have to furnish these things. And I mean, literally, it looks like your second home that they're walking into. And so, you know, I was from the first ones compared to what I've been able to do just by reaching out and buying people, finding people because we we buying such large quantities that it actually just qualified to be a wholesaler. So that's kind of fun and interesting and unique right now. Uh, and then the other thing that we're really excited about is we're building an online uh, platform to help people invest in real estate and um, learn how to leverage their businesses like we have. And it's kind of fun to really think about what you've learned over all these years and figure out a way to put it in a, in a course or a formula so that other people can do the same things. Cause sometimes you don't even think about how you do something until you start trying to put it on paper. Sure. Well, we all have to learn one way or another. We either have a coach, a teacher, a mentor, a partner, or, you know, we read books and take courses and whatnot and learn that way. But at the end of the day, you still have to pull the trigger, right? Exactly. All the above. I've done all the above and believe in every one of those coaches and partners and mentors and books and you name it. They certainly have helped us get where we are. But yeah, I, no one can pull the trigger for you, but you. Yeah, exactly. Well, Linda, this has been great. Is there anything else you want to add or or tell our listeners about before we uh, wrap up? No, I would say, yeah, I'd just say, you know, if you if you if you're even remotely interested in real estate, it's a great opportunity to to buy yourself some freedom at some day and, you know, just go ahead and pull that trigger and do it. Do, the first one's the hardest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. I appreciate your time, Linda. Tell our listeners how they can find you and, and where can they get your book and, and find out more information about what you have and provide. Absolutely. You can go to lindamckissick.com and that's M-C-K-I-S-S-A-C-K.com. Uh, and we have uh, all of our offerings on there, that website. And then also I believe we may make our book available there. If not, you can for sure get it uh, at amazon.com and it is available on audio and Kindle also. Fantastic. 
This has been great. Linda, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your, your knowledge and wisdom. And um, hopefully we'll have you on the show again, you know, at another time. Absolutely. Thank you, Marco. Have a great day. You too, Linda. Thanks. Well, I want to thank you all for listening. Don't forget to download our free report, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. Just go to PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. If you have any questions about real estate or our turnkey properties, be sure to contact one of our investment counselors for a, a free strategy session or just peruse our website at NoradaRealEstate.com and see all of our properties in the various markets. If you haven't subscribed to our show, please do so. Just subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And once again, our shameless bribe, if you want to call it that, we have these great, cool new mugs. We call them Keep Calm and Invest On. You can see a picture of it on our website. Anyway, I'd like to send one to you for free. All you have to do is leave a rating and review on iTunes and just send an email to me at reviews at noradarealestate.com and I will drop one of those in the mail to you. It's just our way of saying thank you and appreciating your listening and your review. We appreciate you being on the show here. Love to have you every week. Thanks for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.